Welcome to the Inside Podcast. That's right, the Inside Pot, brought to you by Mike and Scotty. Uh, maybe another name later. We'll see how that sticks. Uh, but for now, that's uh, what you're listening to. And uh, we're going to be talking to Mike in just a few minutes. Uh, for starters, uh, about his second title, second trophy in the Black Diamond League with the Rockland Rockets. Uh, great accomplishment for for Mike and his Rockets. And later, Zach of the Memphis Grizzlies joining us on the initial Inside Pod today. Uh, good conversation with, with Zach and, and uh, uh, where he hopes to be uh, with, his, with his chicks, with his club over the next uh, few seasons. So uh, looking forward to that as well. I uh, hope you guys enjoy it, and without further ado, let's rock on. Black Diamond Universe, and oh my gosh, we are, I was going to say back on the air. We're not back on the air, Mike. We're just on the air. Yes, we are. How's that for excitement, Scotty? Yes, we are. Yes, we. that's uh, not really what I was looking for out of the gate, but you know, we're just rolling with this uh, and, and we'll see how it goes. Yeah. So, um, hey guys, uh, it's been a while. Haven't had a podcast on the BDL radio airwaves for actually i think it was last about a year ago exactly last december um dad and i interviewed matt uh if i recall uh that's the last uh, time that we've seen any of us on the air so yeah mike and i are just getting together here and uh trying to launch something new trying to have a little fun uh hope you enjoy it uh, don't know how it's going to go. Might suck. Might be awesome. Uh, we might just pat each other on the back for two hours. Uh, it's it's all good. So that's that's why we're here. And hey, hope you enjoy it in the process. Mike, did we decide what we're calling this this shindig? Well, we 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 do have options. We have about fifty options, and I think we've decided all of them aren't good. So I ah. think we're gonna have to keep working. I think our our working name was the inside which I didn't mm. mind and you didn't mind, but that's about as good as we got. We don't mind the name. So I think we're going to have to keep working on, uh, on something. But I think for now that seems to be the working name until we come up with something better. That works. Uh, yeah. Hey, we're open to suggestion. Uh, we're just, uh, you know, here trying to get through COVID uh, like everybody else <laughs> up in our respective uh, bedrooms and basements or down in our be- uh, basements. And, um, uh, yeah, yeah. It's been a, it's been a weird year, uh, as I know it has been for every, everyone. Um, probably by the time you hear this, it will have turned the calendar over to 2021. Uh, so hopefully we are in for better things. We're in for an uptick in, uh, in baseball, in, in, uh, all sports, uh, in life in general. Uh, but we'll, we'll see what, what this new year has to bring for us, but, but yeah, I think you know I really miss uh, BDL Media when it's not around, when it's not on the air. Um, I just I just I like talking about 
our leagues. You know, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's still, I consider this my primary hobby. Um, so, you know, it's, it's just fun to get together around a microphone, uh, virtually and, um, shoot the breeze. Yeah. I think, I think TMO back in the day and, and when, when Craig and John did that video podcast stuck in the Ivy and the Pony Express, it, it's, it's those types of things that make this league special. So I think it's a good thing that we're, we're, that we're going to try to get some of that going again. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I agree. Loved my TMO days. I, I don't want to talk about it in the past tense. I, I hope that at some point Johnny and I can can uh, uh, get something rolling again in some way, shape, or form with that. Um, but uh, for the time being, uh, guys, this is us, and uh, and uh, we're going to try to have a little fun. So, yeah, you are here with us on the inside. That's a Van Halen reference in case you didn't know that. Maybe Joe, maybe... Let's see who else is a hard rock guy that I've learned. Maybe, um, maybe Matt. Matt seems to be a, a hard rock music kind of guy. Uh, yeah, but that's that's a real deep reference. I don't know how many of those guys. That is a that. that is a deep reference, and pro- probably yeah. very few. Joe Joe might. Joe I, might. Based on conversations I've had, I think Joe stands a chance of of having gotten that from the get go. Yeah. Um, probably no one else, unless. Mm, no, no, that's probably it. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Like. We're but, looking like on yeah. the ninth track on fifty one fifty. This is not something <laughs> that it's gonna get get too much response from from nor, from normal folk. Ninety percent of the board is like, what's a fifty one fifty? That's that's exactly what I'm saying. Yes, yes. Uh, California police code for the criminally insane. Yes, yes. And eight, or, or or maybe it's L A County. It's something like that. I, I think it's L A County. Yeah, I think so. Hmm. Well, guys, I believe that was a reference to a group in wrestling a couple of years after that. They stole it. But beyond that, that's all I know about it. You know, we should start a wrestling segment on this podcast and just see how far our ratings drop. Oh, the people love it, Scotty. People absolutely love it. <laughs> <laughs> what would Vince do? That's what we'll call it. There you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah, people love that segment. <laughs> We have to make sure to put that at the end of the show just to make sure people listen to some of this. Uh, so speak, speaking of the end of the show, here, here's kind of the format that, that we think we're going to try, uh, at least here in the first uh, few shows, guys. Of course, you know, we're, we're big BDL guys, and, and Mike and I, we're, we're big Hoops fans too. So there's going to be, you know, like 80% BDL talk. There's going to be maybe 20% BDBA talk and, and and we'll try to tack that on to the end of the show when there's BDBA content for uh, those of you who, who aren't interested in sticking around for that. Uh, but uh, big baseball fans, big, big NBA fans. Um, so that's just kind of what I think our primary interest is in, 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 in talking on this show. So that's, that's what this is going to be about. And uh, yeah, that's, that's the longest intro I think we have ever tried on BDL radio for any show, but, uh, Hey, I'm just stuck up here, uh, in my, um, in my zoom corner, uh, in the bedroom, um, trying to take up time, trying to entertain myself. And I don't know why you're here. If I'm trying to entertain myself, we need. Yeah. It's a good point. That's a really good point. I've been awake for five hours. I'm in my basement. Nobody else in this house is awake. I just need something to do. So Hey, five let's, hours. Let's yeah. It's 11 a.m. I've been up at, I was up at six as I normally am. So, 
and the rest of my family would be up at about I don't know one o'clock in the afternoon. So which is which is fun. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Whatever. The key to happy marriage is not seeing each other, Scotty. That's all I can tell you. That's the key to happy marriage. <laughs> well, we are 18 years in, Joe and I, and uh, so far going strong. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't know that we subscribe to that exact same theory. but uh, that's, a good, that's a good point. But she has been put up for sainthood. Congratulations, Joe Beth. Uh, congratulations <laughs> on that. Uh, as she should have by now. <laughs> you ain't kidding. <laughs> My gosh, I wasn't old. supposed to agree with you so fast, was I? About her, her being up for sin. No, I shouldn't. Uh, I'm, I, 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 I'm beyond putting up a fight about it now. I'm, yes. Mike, I'm, I'm 40 years old. I'm four. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm about to be. I'm about to be 41. Mm-hmm. Um, Good kid. We start when we start. <laughs> we started this league. Let's see. I was five. What 20, <laughs> 20, 20, 20 Feels like five. I was. I was 20, 25, or might have just been 24. Just barely about to be. Maybe about to turn twenty five. I might have been twenty four. Anyway, um, what what feels like um, ancient Jurassic times now uh, mm-hmm. in in life. So it's 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 been a long journey, but it's been a good one. Um, but anyway, so yeah, we'll, we'll we'll try to move on a little bit. And you know, going forward, guys, we might be a little more structured than this, or or maybe not. We're just here. We'd to, have to be <laughs> shoot the breeze and have fun, but. Uh, just to, just to move on into a a little bit more of a topical, uh, topical, uh, discussion here a little bit, you know, Mike, of course you you co-hosting the show, kind of good, good situation for the first show considering, uh, considering you are our newly crowned 2020 BDL champion, uh, now two time champion in the BDL. By the way, you're listening to two two-time champions. We consider calling this show the the Deuce, but we uh, had second thoughts about that after further study. Um, but uh, in any case, congratulations! Um, I'm glad to have been eliminated by the playoffs from uh, or by the eventual uh, champion. I am. I was glad to I'm, eliminate you, Scotty. I, I'm sure that you were. If if it was my destiny to be eliminated, I, I'm glad it was by <laughs> the person who now now wears the crown. But uh, congratulations, and how does it feel to be a multi-time BDL champion? That is an excellent question. It's something I really haven't given uh, too much thought to, just because my team has failed in the playoffs for so many years. The winning last year felt more like a relief than of the way I felt when I first won the title, to be honest with you. When I first won that title, like I beat Bill in the final. I was basically taking out Darth Vader. That's the way I looked at that. <laughs> uh, you know, the, the, basically the entire league was cheering for me. I almost felt bad for Bill. Like you, you basically had 14 not teams that weren't in the final cheering for me to win. And then you had him. Uh, so that felt really, really good. Uh, the, the title last year, you know, 2020 is just such a weird year with COVID. And, you know, I know, I know we had the whole, should there be an asterisk, you know, on the title forever wins. And everyone said, I know we shouldn't. And we probably shouldn't. But the championship was different than it would have been in any other year. Uh, that said, I don't think it was any easier for me just because being in the East, you know, when, when, when that format first got laid out, you know, I think publicly I probably said, oh, it's a great format. 
Uh, in private, I probably looked at that and said, oh, what the hell is this? So wait a second, I got to beat Bill, <laughs> and then I got to go through Matt most likely, and then I probably got to beat Scotty just to get to the finals. Like, this is this is obscene. Like, no playoff would ever be this hard to go through all these teams. <laughs> uh, the one good thing is I got Joe in the final, which was such a relief to not have to worry about winning. But like this, this is gonna, this this makes it so much easier. Thanks, guys, for doing that for me. Uh, well, you know, yeah, after, so, yeah. after the gauntlet that you had to run, I mean, it was just a consolation prize to have the, Joe it's, in in the it's finals. The least, it's the least they could have done. Like, you know, I'm sure there's not a lot of wrestling fans, but I basically had to beat Hulk Hogan. Andre the Giant, Bret Hart, and then they, and then for the final, like two doink. midgets came out of the ring. Yeah, don't do it, boy. Oh, great. Easy win time, guys. Sounds good. Yeah, so to answer your question, it feels good to be a two time champion. It does feel well, good. Well, that's. That's stupendous. Uh, I am not happy for you because it came at my expense. But uh, in, in any case, yeah, as a two-time champ, I, I, I know the feeling. I understand. Um, been there. And, you know, that, that first title is that, or at least for me, was just that that huge release uh, of, of finally getting to that plateau after so many years uh, trying to do that. And then and then number two, um, you know, you just kind of start to to build upon your resume at, at that point, and and show that you know you you are what you said you were, and you're you know you're you're not a fluke, and and you're you know as a competitor, you're you're here to stay, and you're always going to be a force to be reckoned with, or in some form or fashion. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's it's a good feeling. Um, uh, mostly happy for you, although not hundred percent, but you know it is what it is. Um, but, uh, I mean, what, what do you, do you see, what do you see your odds for a repeat, uh, as we move into 2021, do you think you're well positioned and, and we don't have to get too deep into the weeds on this, on this show, we'll save that for another follow-up, but just in general, I mean, um, uh, you know, do you, do you feel that you were the best team last year and, and that it played out the way it was supposed to play out and you're moving into 2021 kind of with that strength and that momentum or, um, is there work that you feel you need to do? I mean, what, what do you think your positioning is moving into, into 2021? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, in, in, in 2020, I think my team played the best. I, I'm not sure if we were the best team. Uh, I know in round two, I played Matt and I think that was a five, five tie that I went through on a tiebreaker and, and his team, which, which going into the season, I think most would have considered his team, the favorites. I know his team during that period, had all sorts of issues with the guys missing games and that sort of stuff. And that's just baseball. That's going to happen. Um, so it's is my team, like the favorites going in. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that. I think my team as, as, as they normally are going into the season is one of a few teams that have a real chance to win going in. And, and, and I think my team has basically been that way, like basically for the better part of the last decade. Like I've set this team up to, to go into each season as a contender and then come mid season, yeah. I can, I can adjust. Like if the team underperforms and it's time to sell off, you know, your older guys, like as an example, if I don't have a really good year this year at, you know, at the trade deadline or before that, even I'd probably move a guy like a Nelson Cruz to a team that's going for a title or that sort of thing. And if you the know, team is in compete mode, I would go at it to deadline. You know, truly, I think we, we have two, we have two GMs in, in the BDL um, 
that are masters at re reloading rather than rebuilding. And that is, uh, or those are you and bill of the damage. Um, the, the damage may finally be near the end of the rope on, on that cycle. I, th- I think they're going to have to re- rebuild fully sooner than later, but that's, a, that's something we've said many times before. Scott. That that's, that was my next point. I, 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 I have lost count of how many times that that sentence has been typed, uttered um, broadcast in any form uh, in this league. It has been said many times and it has never been proven true so far. So, I may be wildly wrong, but uh, you, you have this masterful way of never really having to rebuild. Uh, you simply reload, and, and your first title came in, was it 2011? Is that correct? Mm, that sounds right, yeah, 2011. Yeah, I think so. Bill, uh, uh, the, the damage won in 9 and 10, and uh, you uh, stopped his three-peat attempt in 11, if memory serves. And Yes, that sounds right. So it, it, it took you, I just say that to say, it, it took you nine years nine seasons to follow up that first title with number two. And mm-hmm. looking back on that nine year period, I think that's extraordinary that it, yeah. that, that it, it took the rockets that long to reap. And that's not a knock by the way, that's, that's a compliment because of just what I'm uh, just the, the point I'm making, you know, you, you, you always reload, you never rebuild. You're always competitive. You're always there in the playoff picture uh, some years more strongly than others. Um, but just by sheer, it, it's almost just by bad luck that it took you nine more years to win number two. Yeah. Um, I, I wouldn't, I, I would yeah, I wouldn't say completely bad luck. Like, to be honest, I think the only time uh, post 2011, I think I probably had the best team maybe once or twice. I know, I think it was 2016. I had just an obscene team. And, and the thing with our league is we always have like five or six really, really good teams. And, you know, and it's just one of those things where I think my team for the majority of the last decade, I've always been one of those five or six, you know, really good teams and going in the playoffs. Each of us have, you know, a 16% chance or whatever to win the title. And sometimes things work out for you. And sometimes things don't work out for you. It's the way that I look at it. Uh, I think I've made the playoffs every year except for one over the past decade. And each year I made the playoffs going in, I thought I had a legit shot. But again, there were four or five other teams that also thought they had a legit shot. And, you know, that's playoff baseball. Sometimes things work out for you like they did for me last year. And, and you know, chances are there's going to be a lot more years things don't work out for you. And that's that's basically what happened. Yeah, and I, I think – I wonder, rather, I wonder – how many people truly appreciate how difficult that is to, I think there are two, there are two very, very difficult things to do in fantasy baseball in particular. Uh, and, and, and those things are to effectively reload across a long period of time or effectively rebuild over a short period of time of two or three uh, uh, seasons. You know, my, my, my sort of my MO uh, across the history of, of the league for the generals has been to uh, purposefully bottom out and then turn that club around completely in a, a 24 to 36 month period. You know, there, there was the one season or, or the, the two seasons back to back that, that the generals finished 
the prior season in last place in the standings and then won the regular season the following year, you know, when you can effectively flip that switch, um, that's not just happenstance. That is that is a really hard task to accomplish. It's, it's um, a lot harder and, than what I've done, honestly, Scott. To do I, I, that, not, I think it's a I'm lot not, harder. Well, I, I'm not sure about that, but but my point is both of those tasks are incredibly, incredibly difficult to take to take a, a 2011 because because the, the the landscape of fantasy sports changes so rapidly. Uh, you know, we all look at these prospects that we have and we're trying to build these dynasty level clubs and think, oh, I've got the next Harper or I've got the next whoever, Acuna, um, and and my, my outfield is set for 10 years. I don't have to make any adjustments to my outfield for 10 years. Does not matter. I'm good. I can put that on the shelf and focus on something else. Well, that rarely happens that way. You know, it rarely turns out that you don't have to retool something in what you thought you had shored up in the first place. Um, so to 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 cross a decade long period like the Rockets have um, and and successfully reload across that that amount of time and always be in the title, always be in the title picture, maybe not always have the best club, but always be in the title conversation. That's incredibly difficult too. It's really difficult to recognize when you need to make micro adjustments at just the right time to avoid having to bottom out and rebuild fully. Um, it, it's incredibly difficult. And I think you, you, you should really be applauded for, for what you've been able to do for the last 10 years. Yeah. I think the key really is just not to get old. Uh, as, as simple as that sounds, the thing that I like to do every year is I take my roster and my players are all going to get one year older every year. That's just the way time works. And what I like to do is I like to get back 28 years in total age. So for instance, if I traded Nelson Cruz this year and I got back a 23 year old outfielder that would be almost as good as him, I've just gained 17 years on my roster. And, and I try to do that every year. I try to trade off a couple of older guys and bring in a couple of young guys to replace them. And if you're constantly churning like that and you're not making major adjustments to the rest of your roster, you can you, you can tend to hang in that way. Now, again, it's not foolproof. Things are going to happen sometimes. Sure. But the thing I like to do is just, just never be in a spot where you have an old team because then you run into the, the, the real distinct possibility of your team getting really old all at once and then you have to bottom out and then you have to rebuild it completely. And that's not the easiest thing to do. That is the really hard thing to do. It, it's, it's not, it's not easy. And, and you have to be careful to, to not fall into, you mentioned not letting yourself get too old. And I think that the companion point to that is you, you don't want to get too old while not having enough assets in the cupboard to, to deploy corrective measures soon enough. Um, you know, if you find yourself, uh, with an average age on your club of, of, you know, 30, 33 years old, you're dead. Um, and, and, <laughs> and, and you are, you are firmly entrenched in the number 11, 12 or 13 spot in the league, in the standings, league wide standings. Um, that is where, that is where clubs go to die. You know, mm-hmm. if, the, if, if those two things converge at the same time, um, 
you're going to have a really, really hard time recovering from that without, <laughs> without a five or six year, you know, turnaround time, which is just utter agony. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, anyway, but you, you, you just to kind of transition to a, a little bit of a, a second topic there, you know, you, you, you were able to do this, Mike, uh, win title number two in COVID um, conditions. You know, we, we had a very unique season in the BDL in, in 2020, uh, obviously, uh, because of the pandemic and the restrictions um, uh, that were placed on our daily lives, on, on sports in general, fantasy sports. There was a, there was a time I wasn't even sure whether CBS or Yahoo or any of the services were even going to bother with a fantasy product. And then, you know, really at that point, I mean, we're not going to keep track of things by hand, uh, in, in this day and age, like, like the old days. Um, so what do you do then? Well, you just throw your hands up and say, forget it. We're going to punt the season. And I thought, um, I thought there, that, that we were very close to losing the season, not, not necessarily that, that Major League Baseball was not going to conduct a season, uh, play games in some form or fashion, but that for fantasy purposes, uh, we were not going to have a, a, a kind of a uh, you know, usable environment for, for fantasy to, uh, you know, to, to play, play games, uh, enter a playoff tournament, crown a champion. Uh, I'm glad that, that that was averted and that um, uh, we got to play games. And, you know, going back to your point, I think the gauntlet that you had to run through in the playoffs based on the format, um, not only is there no asterisk, asterisk, um, with your title, it, it, it might have been one of the more difficult titles to win in the history of the league, uh, the way the seating was developed. So, uh, you know, very impressive run on all fronts. Um, but, um, you know, just in general, how, how do you feel the season went, you know, our BDL season under, under COVID conditions. And of course your, your run through the playoffs, I, you know, personally think that, you know, we, we did just about as, as well as, as one could expect or hope from a fantasy league, uh, given what we were dealing with. Yeah, I think you're right, Scotty. I, I think at the end of the day, we, we, we did the best we possibly could. I don't know if the if the tournament format was your idea or Chris's idea, but or a combination of the two. But whoever came up with it, I think really came up with a really great option for us last year. Um, to be honest, I I don't know if there was any other way out. Like I I know some other ideas got bounced around at that time, but I think in hindsight, looking back, I think we definitely went with the best possible option with what we did. Uh, you know, COVID messed up a lot of things. Uh, baseball just being one of them. Um, and with with the the the, the two week playoff rounds, if memory serves, that kind of took away some of the risk of teams having to miss a series because of guys testing positive and then having to make them up the next week. I think that cleaned up a lot of that potential problem. Had they all been one week playoff rounds, I think that would have been a bigger issue for us because teams may have been missing a nice chunk of the team for most of the week. I agree. And that could have been a real problem. So I think at the end of the day, and I'm not just saying this because I won the tournament. I think, I think looking back, 
it's a good thing that one of the better teams in our league won the thing. And that makes it a lot easier to look at that champion as a deserving champion. Unlike if, if the 15 or 16 seed just went on a wicked run, won the title, and then went back to finishing last place the next year. I think that's something we would have looked back and said, oh, wait a second. That, you know, I'm not sure if that's a legit title. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I'm very much a, a, a traditionalist on, on many things when it comes to our way of playing fantasy baseball. And I, I, you know, I can't say that, that the, my, my initial reaction to, you know, thinking about a, a two week matchup period format really excited me all that much. Um, I don't like to deviate a lot from, kind of how we normally do business. I think tradition and history matters in what we do. It allows you to compare, you know, eras of the league against each other very well. It's a very apples to apples sort of thing. Um, however, you know, I, I think it was a necessity in this case, and it was just a perfect storm of needing to change things up a little bit in this scenario uh, so that in, in maybe not on paper, but in spirit, it resembled the competitive environment um, more closely to a regular BDL season and playoff bracket as opposed to um, as opposed to just the single weeks. Um, so, and I and I just I do have to give a lot of credit to Chris um, for our format last year. Um, he did come up with with the bones. Uh, of the structure. I, I, I think I might have uh, looked at the proposal and tweaked uh, maybe two or three things minorly um, just to suit, but um, uh, he, he, he came up with, with largely the, the framework there and, and presented it. And it, I thought it made a lot of sense for us. And uh, so he, he is to be uh, certainly commended for, uh, uh, for that uh, format, for that proposal. Um, I think it was very successful. Um, with that said, I hope we don't have to use it in 2021, <laughs> but if we do, uh, we know that it's there. We know that it works and I'll be comfortable doing so. I agree with you. I'm hoping baseball can run as a normal season. I'm almost expecting it. Well, like, like, uh, I think with, with what, with what the NFL did, you know, and, and them being able to run their league with, with some problems, but not many problems. Uh, the NBA now is, you know, two weeks into their season, and they had the issue with Houston right off the bat, but outside of that, things are going pretty well. You know, so I'm kind of hoping baseball can can run a, a, a pretty normal season with just the odd flare-up here and there that they're going to have to tweak the schedule a little bit, but nothing that should impact us too much, I hope. Yeah, the um, I, I, hope, I hope baseball follows – uh, the NBA's lead a little bit on 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 uh, you know deploying those strategies to to have a successful season. I, I think the NBA has been the poster child for how to do it. They've written the textbook on how to do it in in a pandemic um, and and successfully and protect the players, protect the community. Um, they've done a fantastic job, um, and I, I you know I don't know how much of that you can really replicate in a, in a, in a major league baseball environment, it's not apples to apples at all, but uh, ho hopefully there are things that are cues that they can take to uh, try to put on a, a, as complete of a season as, as is possible. 
Agreed. Okay, Mike. So we did actually have an opportunity to uh, bring in a first guest for the inside um, on this on this initial show. So we're going to sit down uh, just for a few minutes with Zach of the Memphis Chicks, and we're going to fact check the Chicks a little bit and see how close they are to really competing, or, or get Zach's take on that rather, and 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 talk about that a little bit, and really just kind of. Uh, say hello. And Zach's been around for more than a year now. I mean, he's not a, he's not a newbie. He's not a stranger, but uh, you know, we haven't really had a chance in the league in a media setting to, to sit down and, and say hello and kind of uh, meet him in that way. So uh, we're going to take, uh, take the opportunity to do that now. So without further ado, Okay, Zach of the Memphis Chicks, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us, bud. Thanks for having me. All right. Yeah, you know, we used to do um, these kinds of introductions in the BDL all the time whenever we would have a new uh, a new owner. Uh, they would be, you know, the, really the next guest in line on whatever uh, podcast or, or, or uh, web show was, was popular in the league at that time. Of course, Zach's not really uh, new to us anymore. Um been around for what a uh, year year and a half you, you came in at the tail of tail of 18 is that right i think so yeah I had the full 2019 season and then the 2020 season yeah cool well so at least to my knowledge this is the first time everyone is getting a chance to kind of uh, uh hear zach in his own voice and 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 uh we have an opportunity to say hello so welcome to the league formerly uh here from this uh, new podcast that that mike and i are are rolling the dice on giving a shot uh, still don't quite know what we're doing with it but uh, we're here to have some fun and um welcome and hey i understand you are a newly crowned uh champion tell us about that mr softball that is baseball scotty um, oh, fast pitch yes this is actually legit baseball um that was probably legit. The highlight of my 2020 year, uh, we had a 21 and up league that was all composite bats, and it slowly was folding with four teams. And uh, this league is called the Hernando de Soto League, which is basically originated in Mississippi. It started in 1938, I believe, and it's still going strong today. And it's a wow. 30 and up wood bat league. And, uh, my team, since our league folded, a lot of my best friends, we jumped into 30 and up. And it's really cool because it's a redraft league. So me and my guys who've been playing together for 10 years or more than that, honestly, uh, we got put in a rookie draft. We had tryouts. Um, my best friend got drafted in the first round and uh, our coach drafted me uh, in the second round. So he drafted both of us and uh, we basically ran the league. Um, I got a gold glove in center. My buddy got Cy Young. They keep stats. And uh, the wild part about it was uh, in the finals. Um, you know, it, it got delayed because of COVID and everything. But they're supposed to do best of three series and everything else. They keep stats. Everybody loves baseball. would love to be part of this league. Um, the coach for the other team didn't want to face us in a best of three. And they they petitioned for one game. So we agreed to it. And uh, – the day before the game, our coach said, they said, although we're, the Giants are home team, 
if there's a natural disaster, the lights go out, whoever's winning at that time is champ because we're worried about COVID restrictions. So we said, fine. Mm -hmm. Long story short, we're up five to one in the seventh. And their pitcher goes in their dugout in the seventh inning and has a heart attack. What? And collapses. And uh, his best friend is on my team. And, uh, you know, I've never heard, you know, I don't want to be a downer, but I've never heard a grown man in this kind of pain on a baseball field. And uh, he survived. But uh, the long story short, I guess uh, the commissioner goes, do y'all want to keep playing? And my coach goes, y'all made the rules. Whoever's winning during a natural disaster or anything like that's champs. And uh, the Cardinals who were facing was like, no, 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 we're finishing the game. But uh, it was a downer on the finals, but we beat them eight to one. And it was a good first season in that league. And uh, the good thing about it being delayed is that uh, we start back up in two months. So I'm ready to roll again. How old That's was the really guy that cool. had the heart attack? In his, I'd say late forties, early fifties. So he had a, he got rushed out to the hospital and he had a second heart attack during surgery and they put a stand in and uh, he survived. Our first baseman, his best friend went with him. So he wasn't able to celebrate with us after the game, but uh, we're going to try to get a get together next weekend. Um, I'm in Mississippi. So the restrictions aren't that bad. Like they are in, Miss- in Memphis. I'm like five miles South of Memphis and I, different state um you know we try to keep everything safe obviously um try to hang out outside if we can but uh, you know and if obviously somebody feels bad or been close to somebody they don't come out but um i don't know it's a good group of guys i don't get to play with them again next year it'll be redraft so um uh it it sucks but it's it's cool because it keeps everybody even and uh it's a real cool league. Um, it was cool to win a gold glove. I was in competition for rookie of the year. I had 16 stolen bases in 14 games. Um, and I had a lot of those blown by uh, fouls. <laughs> and uh, I hit, I think, 351 for the season. So it was a good first season for never using a wood bat also. Listen to Ty Cobb over here. Yeah, we used to have – uh, we used to have some several recreational leagues, uh, baseball and softball, uh, around here like that. Um, a lot of that interest has just dried up in my region. There's not, I don't really know of a quality league uh, like that anymore. I'm not sure that I would have the time to play if, if one existed. Um, I did participate in an exhibition tournament, uh, for charity. I guess that was summer before last, um, man, that felt good. Had one home run that game. Um, had, hadn't gotten to do that in a long time. But yeah, that's. What were the fences? Like 200? I think they were more like uh, 120. <laughs> 85 feet. 85 <laughs> feet from home plate. Oh, that's great. It, was, we, it, was, it was regulation. Thank you very much. Um, it, was just, yeah, we, we, it was just inside the base a, path. <laughs> <laughs> we have a lot of leagues out here. And, you know, I play in a wiffle ball league too. Which that's a whole nother story. It's fun, but uh, I can't play too many anymore. <clears throat> I don't want to be out of the house, you know, five nights a week. Those those were like right. five years ago, and my right. shoulder uh, save it for baseball. So we we play baseball and wiffle both on Sundays, and uh, it's just kind of a guy's day out. Yeah, yeah. Well, sadly, I would uh, I would be in line for the forty one and up league now uh, here coming up pretty soon. So. Um, 
Needless to say, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't dive for fly balls anymore. (laughs) Oh, that's (laughs) That's not him. Yeah. You just gotta be fast enough to where you don't have to dive. Hmm. Cat like that's not happening either. <laughs> Man, I'll tell you what's crazy is there's a lot of 50 plus guys that are playing the 30 and up and going up in the same day, and these are nine inning games. Uh, God bless them is all I can say. Yeah, I wish I, I hope I'm in that kind of shape in my 50s. Well, Zach, um, you've been very. Uh, you've been very vocal uh, since entering the league, uh, which is a good thing for the league. That's what we like in the BDL. But you've been very vocal about your team's trajectory, uh, where the chicks are headed. Um, you have been very bullish about how competitive you expect to be in fairly short order. So just broad strokes, just a general impression. Where, where do you feel your team is now compared to where it was when you took it over? Um. I feel like it's in much better position than when I took it over. I mean, I don't think I could have gotten much lower um, when I took the team over. I really don't know. I mean, obviously, uh, the guy that previously owned this kind of was huge on the Braves pitching farm system, which I am too, which was a big highlight of grabbing this team. Um, But the offense was terrible. And, you know, it's more of just a waiting game because the – the potential I have in my my pitching is going to get there, and it's almost there now. It's more building the offense now and um, being patient and not selling the farm when the the farm is my future. So it's one of those like, okay, it's going to be another year or two uh, or whenever these guys blossom, you know, and last year was supposed to be the year that uh, some of my big guys got called up and some of them did, but um, you know, a shortened season, some didn't get that chance to get the reps in and get that call. So it might be in my, in my opinion, one more year until I really feel the full force of the team, and, you know, and of course your team's going to eventually crumble uh, with that. <laughs> Um, okay that's kind of where i stand at the moment i mean it depends you know also are are we starting baseball in may um are we gonna have some type of crazy setback is it gonna be in june or july and then all of a sudden you know it, it sucks because i've prized prospects top prospects that are not getting their reps in yeah right and i i I sent you myself what two or three or four uh, of those of those prospects last se- late last season in my playoff push. I guess the highlight probably would be Clark Schmidt. Uh, looking back over the roster, I'm trying to recall that trade, but uh, oh, you do, know, do you, you got uh, the cheater Cano that probably won't play next season. Oh yeah, well you know you 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 when you're when you're in the throes of the playoffs, you do what you have to do and and um, learn not to have regrets. I mean it's. That's just part sure. of the game, you know. You 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 ship off, uh, you ship off guy like um, Mercado uh, there that I sent you. Uh, I see mm-hmm. on your roster. I he I had housed him in my minor league system for, gosh, probably four years. Um, you know, waiting on that guy. I, I knew he had, you know, something special to potentially be a blue chip type player. I you know we'll see what he transforms into. I think he has a, a chance to be uh, pretty good. 
Um, but you know, you, you hold on to those players sometimes for years and years. Um, uh, and then, you know, when the time is right, even, even if you're attached to them and you're wanting to see that fruit, you know, play out, um, you have to make the moves that you need to make in order to, to make yourself as strong as possible when you have a chance to win a title. I mean, I think that's the one thing that I have found in this league is that it is so bloody competitive uh, that you, you cannot afford to not take that step. You know, e- even if it even if you lose a, a, a five year, 10 year asset, um, you, you have to give yourself the best shot. Uh, and I think Mike now with two titles as well. There, he, he would agree with that. I've seen him do the same thing over and over. Yeah. Well, it, I think Scott, go, go ahead. Go ahead, Zach. Oh, I was going to say, well, that, that trade was a no brainer. I gave you AJ Pollock and Robinson Cano. You know, I got Schmidt, Mercado, and I want to say I got a draft pick. Or you had probably, no, I think uh, something like that. But it was Jackson you know, Rutledge was the third guy you got. Oh, was oh, it? Oh, gosh. Yeah. See, and that, that yeah, was that looks such, bad now. <laughs> yeah, because I mean the thing is, Cano was playing so well, and it's just like, what's what's going on here? Like he's he's getting older. Um, when's that next injury going to happen? And it was a no brainer for my team because I had a no chance of winning that year. So yeah, it was a it was a good trade for both of us at the time. Well, and and you know, Cano was playing really well last year at that time, and you know, I, I know just speaking from experience with with the two titles that I have, um, especially the first one, which was such a squeaker against the Crawf- uh, uh, Crawford Cramps. Um, sometimes, you know, it's it's one or two or three RBIs or runs that will make the difference in whether or not you have a trophy on your shelf or not, and. That's just part of the game, Mike. You know, it really is. Yeah. I think the key really is to know if you're going for it this year. I think the mistake that some teams make is they're they're really good going for it and selling off their assets at one time to make that big move. They're not nearly as good going in the other in the other direction. And mm-hmm. the, 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 the good thing about the move that Zach made last year with you is, again, he, he's trading a guy like Cano, who's, what, 37, 38 years old. He's trading yeah. A.J. Pollock, who's, what, 32, 33, something like that. These are not going to be major pieces when his team is competing. So, so to hold on to those guys is just really wasting assets. So if you can make mm-hmm. a move and improve yourself going forward, that's the way to go. Yeah, Zach did. Zach did what you're supposed to do in that position. If if you are, you know, if you have a team that is, uh, you know, in the, in the bottom bottom fifty percent of the league, and you're looking to make, um, you know, moves and pair yourself with with playoff uh, title contenders, uh, you know, who are just looking for that extra inch or two or three of momentum, uh, you know, of statistical uh, uh, punch uh, to try to to try to bang through a playoff round or two. Um, you know, you look for those opportunities and and mine mine their rosters for assets that that they are not utilize or can't utilize at this time because they're too young. Um, and and you you take advantage of that. And and that, that's not to say that the that the uh, contending uh, team doesn't understand what they're getting into. But you know, you you look for those uh, happy uh, happy marriages in 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 the moment and. Um, yeah, you know, sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't, but uh, you, you have to put the dice on the table. Mm-hmm. Well, Zach, what uh, 
I mean, just in general, what 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 has been your overall impression of the BDL so far? I mean, I, I have to ask. You know, I, I think you know you, you and I had sort of met online through a different uh, a different game um, two or three years, or I, I'm losing track of time now. Anyway, uh, some time before you joined the BDL, and and uh, I happened to learn that you were a big baseball fan, and uh, and uh, uh, knowing how active you tend to be um, with other things, I thought, well, this guy probably would be a, a really good fit for us, you know, when, when we have an opening, when we have an opportunity for him to, to hop in the, hop into the frying pan here. Um, I, I think that has paid off. I think you've been a great addition so far. What, what have, what have been the, the primary uh, things that have impressed you about this league? Hopefully there are, there's at least one. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually it, yeah, it's very well organized. league. Um, uh you know, uh, some of my other leagues, we've we've actually discussed. You know, a lot of my friends have talked about dynasty leagues and stuff, and I've brought this format to their attention as far as a dynasty league and uh, the way you guys run it. Um, it takes a lot because you know you're, you know, obviously we talk about last year's debacle with you know yeah. roster spots and everything else, and you know you got to kind of keep everybody on tabs with that. And, you know, I tell all my friends here in Memphis, you know, how you guys run a dynasty league and how it can't be like, you know, football. Um, yeah. The rosters have to be so much deeper. And I think all my friends get scared and run away from a dynasty league in baseball um, because of how much work it takes and overlooking rosters and, you know, the honesty policy of people. Um, seems like you guys have a really tight knit group of friends that, um, you know, that you really focus on this league and everybody takes it serious, especially for it not being a money league. Um, you know, cause you get people that with, there's no money involved. Um, they just tend to not care as much. Whereas, you know, you guys, you know, obviously really care and want to win this. You have a very active board that you discuss on, which, you know, I'm still getting used to that. Um, that, the <laughs> app, that app works out a lot better than me being on a desktop. Um, but it seems like y'all run very well as far as like, you know, potential rule changes in the off season and everything else giving out all these types of awards and, you know, these podcasts, I mean, it shows you guys really love baseball and that you have a tight knit group. So it's good to be part of, um, you know, as I get to know everybody over the next seasons and everything else. Well, it's, 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 it's great to have you. And I hope that we have an opportunity uh, collectively to, you know, at least, at least half a league or so, maybe to get together again sometime um, when, when the world uh, gets a little back to normal, you know, we uh, in, in prior years um, have held BDL weekend activities in, in various cities, mainly on the eastern on the East Coast. Um, but I, I would really love to to do that again when when it's safe to do so. I, Lord knows when when that will be. But um, so just looking ahead to this season and, and this, let's just make make an assumption that this season for fantasy purposes will, you know, it may not be exactly normal, but maybe it resembles a, a normal scenario, at least more so than last, than last year. Mm-hmm. What, what do you see as the plateau for the chicks in 2021? 
Um, mm. uh, do you do you do you feel this is the year you take a larger step to become a, a lower tier playoff team? Are you still knocking on that door? Where, where do you see yourself this year? I think I have some very big question marks, and if the question marks come through, then I think I will compete to make the playoffs. Now, those question marks would be like Alec Bone. Uh, is he going to have a sophomore slump? Um, or is he going to come out and rake like he did last season? Um, you got J.P. Crawford. Um, he, I, I didn't know if I was, if he was going to be anything, and he ended up being decent. Are we going to get the Margot that we had in the playoffs last year that's going to t- steal a ton of bases and get on base finally? I think Kyle Tucker's there. I think he's going to be a beast. Love um, talk, uh, Kyle Tucker. Yeah, and uh, I think one of my biggest question marks, and it's probably going to be a no, but can Byron Buxton stay healthy? Um, nope. You know, he came in strong at the very end of the season. The guy needs to quit playing so hard. Um, the guy has potential, still 40-plus bases, and hit quite a few home runs in that lineup. So that's that's another big question mark. Um, Pache coming up, I think I think he'll be a good baseball player. Um, you know, and, and that's just hitting. Um, I, I think that those big question marks right there, if they all hit, I, I'm definitely competing because I think my pitching is going to be there. But, you know, that's saying that there's no injuries and everything else. Mike, you and I know a, a thing or two about Mr. Buxton, do we not? We do. Uh, we. <laughs> I owned them years back. Uh, I, I love the profile. I thought the kid was going to be a superstar. Uh, I traded him. I, I can't remember if I traded him to you or you traded him to me, Scotty. But uh, Two or three times, possibly. Yeah, yeah. He, he is just so frustrating because if you were going to build a baseball player, he would look kind of like Byron Buxton. Like he's got power. He's got speed. He should be a really good baseball player. And, yeah. and he is for a week here and a week there. And then he'll smash into a wall and break a finger and it'll be at a month. And it's just it is it is so frustrating to have a guy like that because because your fear is you trade him and he instantly becomes what you thought he always was. So he's such a frustrating guy to move. But you know, he has been in the league like a while now. Like I don't I don't can't remember exactly how old he is, but I'm thinking he's what, 26, 27? Like we've been talking about him forever. And he—he's he, he just one of those guys you're afraid to move. He's 27. He's 27. I'm telling you, I, I'm, tell you I, I'm the one that traded Giolito for him. I forgot who was involved in that trade, but mm. I'm that I'm that high on Buxton, and I thought he was uh, basically a Cunha without the power, uh, and he had more, I think, more swing and miss. I think he's going to obviously strike out a lot more, but I think he was going to be a 275, 20 home run, 40 plus stolen base guy. And um, I'm so high on him here. Just to let you know, my friends text me when it's Buxton's birthday. (laughs) I legit own him in most leagues every season because I'm not going to own him every season when he sucks. And then the one year I pass on him, he is a beast. I'm yeah. just going to ride and die with him until he retires. <laughs> well, it, it that's it's it's a feast or famine situation. I have learned with with Mr. Buxton. Um, yeah. Hopefully, the same will prove true for the chicks as well. 
Yeah, we'll see. Who knows? Maybe he goes on a hot streak and I sell him this year. <laughs> yeah, I can't see that I, happening. I, yeah. <laughs> you can't you can't see him selling or you can't see the hot streak? I, I can't see him selling. If he gets hot, I think that's just going to be one of those things. See, I was right all along. I'm never letting go of this guy. And then, you're 100 you know. percent <laughs> yeah. correct. Yeah, <laughs> I would, I would, I would sell on 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 the ninth second of realizing what was going on. I would sell that fast. <laughs> Gone. Yeah. <laughs> That's just me. I've been I've been through the I've been through the fire with Buxton. Yeah, you're not a risk guy though. Uh, you're, a for sure, you're a for sure. I'm a little guy. more optimistic, a bit more optimistic on Buxton than Scotty is because <laughs> because because the majority of his problems I think just come back to health. Like if, if he's able to stay healthy for a season, and 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 at that point he doesn't perform, then I will gladly get rid of him. But he's had one year where he was somewhat healthy, and he had a pretty good season. Now, granted, that was like three years yeah. ago, but the one year he was healthy, he was he was a pretty good baseball player. Like he had, he was. I don't know, fifteen or so home runs. I think he stole thirty bases. Like if he's just that guy, he's pretty good. And he was on and the juice. I. Well, that's get back on the juice then. <laughs> well, you know, he hit 13 home runs last year. I mean, he didn't even play much last year. No, he went on a super hot streak. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know how many games I, I can look at it right here. He hit 13 home runs in 39 games. Yeah. Um, I mean, he didn't run last year, hot. though, right? He didn't run at no. all though last year, which concerns no. me. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, it's not like he can't run. Um, I don't know what the game flows were like um, and everything else because, you know, they have such a loaded lineup. That's another thing that concerns me. Why run when you have these big bats behind you? So yeah, that's kind of like a George Springer with Astros thing, right? Um, why run when you have hitters behind you? Um, I don't know. Uh, it'll be interesting. It's kind of hard to tell a player not to play hard and uh, – that's what you have to tell people like Buxton and Harper, the guys that are your, that could be your superstars. I mean, you, you can let that ball fall in the outfield and not go in the DL for three weeks. Good deal. Well, Zach, um, I guess we'll just wrap up with this question. Um, do, do, who do you see or do you care to make any prediction for our 2021 champion, who, who do you see as the front runner for this season? Ooh, um, I'd have to actually go through and look at the teams to really make that uh, assumption. Of course, I would never vote for you. Um, <laughs> Fair. Um, I mean, I if you're going to win the division, win it now. Because once I completely build my team, uh, it was going to be a little bit of dynasty in the South. So just – Take advantage while you can. Get all your Canoes and uh, AJ Pollocks while you can. Um, I don't know. Um, the Cramps seem to always do a very good job. Um, um, I don't know. I, you put me on the spot. I'd have to go look to, to really make a prediction. I'd have to go and look at the teams um, and, and really make that prediction. Fair enough. Well, you continue to build around Buxton. I'm not going to worry about the chicks too much. But in any case, um, 
Zach, thanks for joining us. Uh, it was fun, and hopefully we can have you back again soon and uh, see check in, see how the season is going uh, here in a few months for the Chicks. Sounds good. Hopefully we have a full season. We're, we're all hoping for that. Yep. All right. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks, bud. All right. Thanks, man. Okay. Thanks again, Zach. Really appreciate you coming on. Uh, hope to talk to you again soon. It was a fun discussion. Um, thanks to your uh, lovely wife for uh, giving you permission uh, to join us on this podcast as well, uh, as I'm sure you had to to ask her permission. I think the main takeaway from that discussion, Scotty, is, is Zach needs to draft Zach because Zach as a baseball player is better <laughs> than anything else that he has on his roster right now. He's a, he apparently is Ty Cobb. <laughs> it sounds like it. Sure does. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, I, I don't believe that was truly a fast pitch league though. Uh, I don't know how, how old Zach is now. I guess maybe late thirties or something or mid thirties, but, uh, well, fast uh, is relative, right? You know, like it's fast compared, <laughs> compared to what, you know? Compared compa- compared to to Craig Hunter throwing a uh, speed speed ball at the uh, at, uh, at Nationals Park there a, a few yeah. years ago. We still have that on film, by the way. I think he registered. I did see, oh, I did see I video of that, and I thought it was in slow motion. And then I found <laughs> out, no, this is in full speed. I'm trying to – did that register like 42, 45 miles per hour? Uh, yeah, Something like yeah. that. I'm not sure if it was that fast, honestly, Scotty. <laughs> we still love you, Craig. Still, still getting mentions on BDO Radio. That's your la- that's your lasting legacy. That's how you know you're a legend. That's how you know you're a legend. <laughs> that's that's true. That's true. And we're still making fun of you ten years later. That's how you know you're a legend. <laughs> uh, okay, so switching gears a little bit. Um, Mike, uh, BDBA discussion. Let, let's let's mm. talk a little bit about 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 hoops. So, if this is uh, for all you are you exclusive BDO guys, if this is the if this is this is the period in the show you want to tune out, please feel free to do so. Uh, but we hope you stick around. Um, uh, yeah. So, uh, first first and foremost, you know, just let it be known we're talking, uh, of course, to a five time BDBA five time. champion, five time, five time. Uh, co-host on this show, uh, Mr. Mike here, and seven total trophies in the BDBA uh, between the two of us. So nice, uh, nice resume. Not too bad at all. Nice resume, but um, yeah, glad to have uh, glad to have hoops back. Uh, I was a complete doofus and missed the waivers period. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, you were. So uh, there's that, and I'm, I'm going to blame. Uh, uh, can I? Am I allowed to blame COVID for that? You, you can, but a bunch of us were able to get our claims in, so I don't. I don't is know that, if that'll hold up. Is that is that Craig calling up. in right now? I think it might be either a duck cleaner, one or the other. <laughs> put put Craig on hold. Tell him we don't have time for him to show. I shall do that. <laughs> Oh yeah. But so yeah, yeah. I was a complete and utter tool. Oh, and I should say, uh, while, while we're, while we're talking, don't, I don't want to throw shade at, at Kevin, uh, the, the, the double dribble downs, uh, co-champs in 2019 mm-hmm. last, last season. So COVID saved so them we, from a beatdown, Scotty. COVID saved them. Oh from my, a oh my. Well, we won't, we won't 
dive too far down down that, that hole. That hole, but uh, um, gr- great to have hoops back. Um, what what did you did you did you feel there were any standout waiver pickups throughout this throughout this period preseason period? Mike, um, that you think really will help turn a team around or, or bolster uh, the title hopes for a particular club? or Yeah, to be honest, I, I think the obvious one is the first one. Uh, you yeah. know, Chris making making the pickup of Dame Lillard. Now, now how how that happened, how these guys were caught. Like, uh, you know, I know on the forum, I think it was Justin that cut a couple guys, I guess not paying attention to the rules changes. And then telling us after we'd run waivers that oh that was a mistake it's like oh that sucked but it, you know it wasn't like we could undo everything that happened but 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 Chris went from the worst team in the league to maybe a pretty good team now just based on a couple of the guys he picked up via waivers so mm-hmm. so that that was big the thing that got me was um, the night prior maybe the night before that I was on the phone with with Tony who uh, for all that don't know is my brother in law. Uh, and we were talking about guys we were going to claim. And I know he put in a bunch of claims, and I had like nine or ten guys. And at one point he asked me how many of the guys I thought I was going to get. And my answer was two. I was hoping to get like my sixth or seventh option, and then hopefully not all of them would be claimed and I would be able to get somebody in the second round. That w- That was my hope. And I woke up the next morning, and I checked my email, and I think I'd claimed six players. And I'm like, how how did this happen? And what am I going to do with all of these guys? So I got John Wall, and I'm pick nine. John Wall had no business getting to pick nine. Yeah, that's and that's... then you know, <laughs> and then I get Fred Van Vliet in the second round, and somehow Clay Thompson was hanging around the third. And it's like this is this almost seems unfair. But I was happy and took the guys. No no problems with with that. And I'm sure Kevin was probably just as happy being able to add. Like a Draymond Green at pick ten, and I know he got another really good player. It would would have been pick twenty had everyone got their claims in. But you know, I, I think I think a bunch of us uh, were really fortunate that I think four teams didn't put claims in, and we were able to really improve our rosters on that day. Yeah, it it it, it shifted the the landscape of the league a little bit. I, I don't know that necessarily it changed the, the title favorite or not. Um, uh, may just have made the undrafted free agents more so uh, of a favorite to to repeat as co-champions. Um, very interested to see uh, what Boston is able to do to kind of counter counter that this year. Um, and I, you know, my Cobras, um, we had we had really good runs earlier in the life cycle of of the BDBA and these last two or three seasons. I. I don't really understand why we can't really gain any ground uh, and, and make, make more noise than, than we've been able to, but yeah, is what it is. Um, I like the roster a lot, but uh, I'm looking at it and it's, it's honestly, it's a good looking team. Like on paper, this is actually a pretty good team. So I, I, I think so. Yeah, I think so. But uh, kind of the larger headline for, for pre, of course we're into the season now, but uh, we just kind of, uh, tidying up a, a couple preseason topics for for the BDBA in this first first show. Um, the the real headline was of course the draft that that occurred or started rather on December the seventh. Um, you know, really where we where we see 
you know, uh, the true influx of, of new talent into the league every year, obviously. Um, I don't know that there were any huge surprises uh, on, on the first day of the draft. Uh, LaMelo Ball going number one uh, to the tropics. Um, I probably would have made a different call there. I, I don't know that, that Ball in this draft, which was a very weak draft in my opinion, uh, really should have fallen past probably pick number three or so. Um, uh, number one, a little bit of a reach in, in my, in my view, but you know, he has looked pretty good early on so far, um, professionally. And, you know, LaMelo is, I think the type of player where, you know, he, he stands to, either make a couple or three all-star teams in his career uh, or be out of the league in five years. I think there's, there are equal odds for, for either scenario uh, with LaMelo and um, hopefully for the tropics um, it's the, it's the former and he sees some, some real success there. That's Jerry's going to be out on that for, for some time. Um, any, any, any round one surprises that jump out at you, Mike? Yeah, well, with 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 ball to get back to your point, I was also surprised he went number one. I figured he would go two or three. Uh, this is a kid who could he could be a really good player in this league for a long time. He just isn't a good jump shooter. And when you're a guard and you're not a really good jump shooter, that can go one of two ways: either you develop that shot and the kid becomes a star, or you don't develop that shot and you're in real trouble because everyone's just gonna fade off you when they defend you. And it's going to be really hard to drive when you can't shoot. So that said, he was really bad in his first game. He's been pretty good since. So I hope he has a, has a really good career. Uh, the guy that I really liked in this draft was the guy that went second. I think James Wiseman is going to be a star. Um, I have a 10-year-old daughter who loves the Golden State Warriors. So I'm forced to watch all their games. So I've seen him play three or four times. And he looks like he doesn't really know what he's doing. And he still looks really good. Like this is a 19 year old guy that I think played three games in college and has gone straight to the NBA. And to me, he, he just reminds me a little bit of Giannis, just this athletic freak. Yeah. I I think this kid could be really, really good uh, for a long, long time. That's Um, tall praise. Yeah. He's like, when, when, when you watch him play like a guy that big shouldn't be able to move the way he does and, you know, I think it was game two or three, you know, he, uh, I think he had a couple of threes in the second or third game. And the fact he's just comfortable taking that shot, never mind making it, on a team like Golden State is really saying something. So I could see him being really good for a long time. And with me saying, there's no way I'm going to be able to trade for him now, but I wish I could because I think he's going to be a really good player. Uh, yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a real shame that that he was able to fall to the Warriors in, in the NBA. Um, I, I hope that does not become a a, uh, a Tim Duncan situation. Uh, in I artificial. was just about to say, it reminds me of Tim Duncan. Yeah, yeah, that's that. I, I have I have a little bit of fear of, of that, but ho- hopefully that's that's not the case. I, I think the Warriors, you know, they're they're on a downward. Uh, I mean, other than of course picking up Wiseman, that was huge. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I don't, I, I think Draymond's, he, Draymond is certainly on the back end of his effectiveness, um, both in the NBA and in fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm not sure, you know, Clay is coming up on a second straight missed season. Yeah. Uh, who knows whether he will ever be, um, 
what he was. You know, a, a, what what percentage of the player he was, you know, will be left. I, I, hopefully, he makes a full recover uh, recovery for uh, uh, for his for his sake and his family. But um, that's that's yet to be seen. And you know, Steph's uh, Steph's starting to get a little older too. I mean, not it's not an old club, but it's it's not the Warriors of, uh, the the Warriors of uh, you know four years ago. So. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know that we're looking precisely at, at, at a San Antonio situation here, but um, there's certainly shades of that. Yeah. I think the, the only way this becomes the San Antonio situation is if Wiseman becomes what his pure upside is. And at that point, yeah. it might it might become that. But again, it'll, it'll mean that in two years that he's the best player on that team. Which, right. which right. you know, hopefully they're sick he is, but... That uh, remains to be seen, as they say. Well, in, in two years, I, I think there's a fair chance of that. I mean, that, that's that's no disrespect to to Steph Curry, but you know, uh, he he, you know, Steph's not, you know, he, he can be a sharpshooter forever. I mean, Ray Allen could have played until he was 48, probably, and 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 drained three threes a game off the yeah. bench. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, uh, so there, there's a place for guys like that in the NBA, but you know. Yeah. Steph with his explosiveness um, and his ability to to defend, um, you know that's that's you know th- those things are not going to last forever. And I, I think there's a real chance that Wiseman is the best player on the Warriors club in in two or three seasons for sure. Yeah, well, the thing with Steph is he looks so young. You know, he, he has yeah. that baby face, so people just assume he's 21 years old. He, he's actually 32. Like you know, people yeah. don't don't realize how old he is. So like, you know, in two or three years, there's not a lot of really great 35 year old point guards in the league. Like that, that's no, just, it, not do, it doesn't work that way. That's not something you especially, see. especially not with an injury history of, of his kind either. Um, mm-hmm. So, but uh, anyway, I'm not going to cry about, about seeing the warriors take a step, step or three back. <laughs> um, no, no disrespect to your daughter. And how did you let that happen? Uh, how, Tony, how was your daughter? Of- Tony, my brother-in-law, He's uh, like the, the only Golden State fan in this country, it seems. And I can't even call him a bandwagon <laughs> fan because when he was growing up, that team was awful forever. So he, he's probably yeah. going back to like the run TMC days. And for like their sixth or seventh birthday, he got them both uh, Steph Curry jerseys. So are they both – and, and and again, being kids, they looked at the standings and saw, hey, these guys keep winning the championship. We're a fan of them. And so, and, and they they remain fans of uh, they remain remain fans of the Warriors. And in something that was quite comical, the Warriors played the Raptors, as you know, a couple years ago in the final. And the entire house is celebrating, and my daughters are crying. And it's like this is this the city is exploded with joy, and my two <laughs> daughters are crying their eyes out because their team just lost the NBA Finals. And I'm like, it's not fair. And I'm like, I grew up a Knicks fan. That's not fair. Your team won, did nothing but win from the time you put that jersey on. Be happy that you have the titles you have. So, I would like to issue a standing invitation to Tony to join the show at any time, uh, and we will discuss Chris Weber for at least 30 minutes. <laughs> oh boy, that'll be fun. That'll be fun. Well, I'm expecting it to be. <laughs> uh, anyway. Yeah, so for the draft, okay. beyond that, beyond that, uh, pick three was yours. That was Halliburton. I thought it was a little high, but he's been really good uh, right off the bat. 
to be honest, I didn't think this was a really, really deep draft. I thought it's, there, it's six, not, there, it's there were six guys I thought that should be drafted in this league. Uh, you know, Ball, Wiseman, Halliburton, Edwards, uh, Topin, who the Knicks have already got hurt. Surprise, surprise. And then the point guard of Detroit, Killian Hayes. Beyond that, I didn't think there was anybody else that should have been drafted in our league. I know there were another two or three guys that were, and I wouldn't be surprised if all three of those guys are cut before the end of the season. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Horrible draft. Um, probably the worst draft since the Joe Smith draft that I can recall anyway. Mm. Um, not not good, but not any deep, chance nope. <laughs> uh, the five-time champs, as you noted, passed in round one, if that tells you anything, uh, didn't even want to waste a, a roster spot on, nah. on a draftee. Yeah. Uh, this year so but in any case great to have hoops back and it's great to be back on the air um mike really enjoyed this can't wait to get together again for for another show uh again appreciate uh, uh zach very much for joining us today and guys we're going to try to see you as again as soon as possible so mike really enjoyed it thanks scotty be uh it was fun and hopefully we we'll do another one soon okay later guys <laughs>